Hello, everybody, and welcome to Slasher, a delusional look into all things spooky, kooky, and terrifying. I'm Stormy. And I'm Adrian. And it's still motherfucking December, bitch. <laughs> yes, we're on week two of Holiday Horror Month. Uh, I'm branding this week as Fuck Them Kids Week because this fuck movie's them kids. <laughs> full of the Fuck Them Kids energy mm-hmm. and kind of living for it, to be honest. Um, as a mom watching this movie, girl. <laughs> honestly, I'm so happy we got to see this movie because I don't think it, I mean, obviously everybody this week by the name of the episode we're talking about the 2008 film the children this week um, we'll definitely get into more of a heavy discussion on it a little bit later obviously uh but i would have never in my life <laughs> like willingly sat down to watch a movie called the children mm-hmm. doesn't seem interesting i honestly unless it's a kid that i know personally don't care for them <laughs> Um, so like, it's just not like the thing I was going to gravitate towards, but you know, Stormy was like, say, let's watch this movie. I heard it's a Christmas movie. I've never seen it. You've never seen it. Let's do it. I was like, I guess let's do this. I suppose. And quite honestly, I had a good time. Uh, I think it was on the roster last year. It was. Yeah. Absolutely. But, um, (laughs) I'm excited. I think this is the first movie too, that, um, I think so, right? That the country of origin is the UK. So I'll try not to be British this episode. Oh my God. There, <laughs> I just want to give y'all a little insider note. There are times <laughs> when Adrian and I, and I don't know why, no reason behind it at all, but we'll be playing Dead by Daylight, just randomly doing the worst British accents I've ever heard. I can I can definitely like call back to what originated all of this. Um, so I probably for like the last three months, my, honestly, probably longer. It's been a long time, at least like three or four months. Like I have just been talking in a British accent. Like I will, just, <laughs> I will do it. I will slip in and out of it. Uh, and obviously I'm not like great at it. So like sometimes it'll be Australian. Sometimes it'll be Scottish. Like I just give be an Aussie somewhere in there. <laughs> just give a little, I get a little accent moment, you know, and then. Yeah. It just happens. It just falls in and out. And, and we just point, feed off of each other, girl. <laughs> everybody. Everybody that I know now is just talking in a British accent every now and then. But I can definitely, uh, I can link this back to my sister for sure. Because I remember um, for months, I'm pretty sure like throughout the summer, she was watching The Crown. And oh. so she would constantly, every time I would call her or we would talk or do something, she would always just be like, oh, the monarchy and just talk <laughs> in a British accent. And I'd be like, girl, you're so funny. And then so eventually I just started like going along with her. It really started to take place when we were playing DVD and we'd like get mm-hmm. to the Janai and we, we would make those noises or we would talk in those accents and it just stuck. And now I just do it whenever I want to. So I'm going to try my best to not like slip in and out of it this entire episode, but this is our first like UK movie, so maybe. To <laughs> <laughs> so all of our British people, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> we do have we have we have a few UK listeners, so I don't want to like. We also be... have Scottish listeners, so Denmark. We do pretty well in Denmark. I don't think we have any. I don't think we have any. Oh, we do. We have cat cats and Aussie. Oh yes. So yes. <laughs> all the accents, honestly. You know what? Shout out to cat, and also oh my god, speaking of cat, please if. Anybody, Cat's hot. Step on <laughs> if, if you uh if you can run to Amazon and purchase the uh hear us scream yes 
book that was just released because it is fantastic. It's amazing. The stories are brilliant. Of course, it's just, you know, horror fans from all walks of life coming together to just discuss their love of the genre. Um, so please, 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 if you can just run to Amazon, it's available there and order it and enjoy because it's amazing. So uh, definitely shout out to Kat. Um, I saw that somebody was listening from Japan the other day and I cried for probably like 30 minutes at the thought of, and I think I know who it is. I think it's somebody I know that's in the military that's stationed there. But also just the idea of somebody in a different country just hit me different that day. Like just listening to my dumbass fucking hick ass talk about... (laughs) I get nervous because I'm like do they think we're the epitome of like what America is because if that's the case I'm so sorry we're the cool part of America okay listen Americans are a lot worse than we are I promise (laughs) um but yeah first movie that I can think of uh where the country of origin is not the United States so I'm very excited to get into this um and discuss it and we'll definitely get into it a little bit later but first what's been speaking to you have you watched anything this week have you had the opportunity how's Riverdale going I was going to say, you really just want me to rant about Riverdale is really the only thing. Well, how, where are we at in the journey? Starmie's Riverdale catch-up. I'm still in season three. I have not been as dedicated. Um, I've actually been a little creepily obsessed with a streamer on Twitch instead of watching TV. Okay, that's always... Honestly, I'm obsessed with YouTube. And there's times where, like, YouTube will destroy my week and I won't, like, watch anything because of YouTube. Oh, my God. Julian streaming DVD like fucking rocks my world on YouTube. Uh, love Julian. Love Jenna. Julian's a king. I miss Jenna. Please come back. Uh, but like also enjoy your life because you deserve it. You dedicated like a whole decade to us. So right. And gave us your adorable little dogs on mm. TV constantly. I still want an Italian Greyhound. I hope Marbles is thriving. Oh, so much. I love so much. Oh, 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 listen, everybody. Tea, we love. Jenna and Julian, because I remember like fucking five years ago when we were talking about this podcast, we were like, like Jenna and Julian. Literally drawing inspiration. They're engaged. They're engaged. I just, I can't. I love it. Like, honestly, the one like heterosexual couple I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it. Yeah. Uh, also, shout out to Ishness on, <laughs> on stream, because that's literally all I've been watching. Uh, I'm so sorry. Uh, Riverdale is a fucking vibe still. Now there's a cult. Oh, Update on that. Yeah. Uh, mm. Also, uh, spoiler alert, alert for everybody else, I guess. I'm sure everybody else is way caught up compared to me. I think we're on like season five, season six. Season six, like that. I think is on TV right now. The beloved Re, our horror podcast fave, uh, is also watching Riverdale. Is also watching Riverdale, but is like ahead of me. So every time I see them post like something, I'll see like the name Cheryl, and I'm like, nope, like fucking <laughs> scroll away so hard. And I'm like, so sorry. Who is your favorite character? Jughead. Okay, so overall, like even character wise, like not just like hotness wise, like oh, he's interesting as a person. <laughs> Oh yeah. Okay. He has inner turmoil. Ski Ort is his dad. <laughs> oh, he's winning. He is definitely winning. Mm, right, right, right. He's like Ooh, the leader Ski. of a, a gang. <laughs> oh. Painfully hot. 
Okay, yeah. good for him. I want to suck Skeet Ulrich oh dry. <laughs> Can I like segue? Not to like get blocked by Skeet Ulrich on anything, but like. I can't wait for him to block you. Oh, I saw <laughs> pictures of him the other day and I was just like, I just, I can't. I, <sighs> Who gave him the right, him and. Uh, Matthew Lillard. Uh, no, I, I got distracted. I was thinking about, I don't want to talk about it. But yes, Matthew, him and Matthew Lillard have like aged like fine fucking wine. And like, who gave them the right? Whose children are they sacrificing for this? I wholeheartedly, I really honestly put like all like the kinkiness behind the ghost face mask now fully into Ski Orange's hands. Like, I don't think any of us would be as horny for that ghost face mask if it was. Well, maybe because people still are like wanting to fuck like Michael and Jason and we have no idea what they look like. But I definitely like attribute like the horniness for ghost face to Ski Ulrich because like. I have a knife kink because of Scream. Okay, right. Like. He was literally putting that knife and like picking his teeth in it. Just like, it's hot. It's hot. Yeah. Um, when is our Scream episode coming out? <laughs> literally just us. I can't do it. I can't. Full tea, I can't. Like, I don't know if we will ever talk about Scream in this podcast. I'm just going to be real with y'all right now. I don't know if I can ever do it. Like, I don't know if I can subject myself to, like, discuss those movies. Because, like, we talk about it, but, like, can we talk about it? Right. Yeah, because I love them so much. And, like, my views are, like, constantly shift. I watch them so, I literally just watch them all again. Like, legitimately. So, like, I love them so much. I constantly find something new to talk about. I feel like I would be able to talk about any of them except the original. Really? I feel like that's the easiest one to talk about. Uh, I think it's so pivotal in, like, my brain. But most people enjoy that one. So I feel like it'd be the easiest one to talk about because there's not really a lot of discourse with that movie. Like, most people just enjoy it. Everything else, every other movie in this series has, like, its haters and its lovers. And I love this series so much. Like, even when I, like, can feel myself critiquing it, I just don't like it because I love them so much. And, like, I don't ever want to, like, taint my opinion of them, I guess. Not that it ever will be because it's been years of me talking shit about them and also loving them and talking shit and loving and talking shit and loving. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. I just, I don't think I can do it. I don't know if I can bring myself to discuss it on the podcast. But I'm sure it'll happen eventually. Just... We'll see. We'll see what happens. Because I know when the new one drops, we're going to make sure we do an episode on that. So I can't wait. But <sighs> is there anything? Same. Have I watched anything else? Hmm. I don't think I have. I've had a busy week. You always do, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is so much love. But like, I feel like I'm the worst horror fan ever because like, I can go, if we didn't have the podcast, months. I would go months without consuming like actual movies. That was how it was before we started doing the podcast, to be honest. That's the whole reason we started the podcast, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, um, and then especially with me getting like these random bursts of like, I have to finish this right now. Mm-hmm. Like I went through three seasons of you in like probably like a week. And there's like these little things, my depression, not to get into this, <laughs> <laughs> my depression like takes away things that I care about, I guess. And then like, I get these random spurts of like, I love this and I have to finish it now before depression takes it away from me. And mm-hmm. so that I binge it. And so like, 
when, especially when I'm in like, I don't want to say manic because that's not the correct term, but I can't think of like obsessive. Maybe whenever Mm -hmm. I'm in those obsessive moments, like I cannot focus on anything else. Ah, yeah. I I definitely feel. So since I'm on Riverdale and Twitch, I cannot. And, but like you're, I feel like you're so well-rounded. Like you're always consuming some type of media, whether it's like, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. (laughs) (laughs) I think it is. It does. It basically makes you well-rounded. I feel like, cause like, even if you're not watching a movie, you're like reading some type of discourse on Twitter or you're reading like physical media or you're listening to podcasts and like, I don't know. I just admire that. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate the love. I try my best to stay like up to date with as much as I can because there really is so much going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I did get a few things watched this week. I watched the Till Death movie, the new Megan Fox movie that's um, streaming at this point on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't like it. Uh, not that it's bad. I don't think it's bad at all by any means, to be quite honest. I just, I, I mean, I don't know. Nothing happened that like thrilled me. There was a few good moments in the movie and there were some real strong moments of tension as well in the movie mm-hmm. but overall I just didn't care um I also watched Seed of Chucky uh hey. fantastic I have not seen this movie since I was a kid like I have not seen this movie probably since oh my gosh I don't even know I was very young and I remember it being so raunchy in my head as a kid and like you know Chucky jacking off into a cup and like all kinds of like sexual things happening I like as a kid I was like this is naughty and I shouldn't watch this and my parents agreed because I never was able to see it again uh, until now until I finally watched it for the very first time since then and I don't I it's, it's just so good I don't think I'd like it more than pride but I almost do it's just like it's a little bit more self-aware with the humor at this point mm-hmm. Don Mancini is just like going boss the wall with the camp I mean John Waters is in this movie for goodness sake so I mean the camp is very present and I love it it was so funny Jennifer Tilly is so phenomenal in that movie and like I'm so happy I haven't seen it since uh, since I was a kid because like it felt like watching it for the first time and everything that she was saying was fucking sending me through the roof (laughs) it just it's perfect it's such a good movie and gender fluid our gender fluid icon Glenn Glenza however they would like to be addressed but phenomenal it's so great and I love it and it was a highlight of my week for sure not to attack the children or anything <laughs> but it was the highlight of my week for sure Fuck them kids i stand by that um but should we just get into the children because there's quite honestly a lot to talk about here i feel like i'm sitting in therapy <laughs> okay let's just jump into the children Hey, everybody. So if you're enjoying the podcast so far, definitely look into giving us a rating. It would be really, really beneficial. We're open to ideas and feedback. It really goes a long way. So go ahead and look into giving us a rating. Again, we're on Apple, Spotify, Podbean, and many more places. But for now, let's go ahead and get back to the show. Alrighty, we are back. And this week we are discussing The Children. Originally released on December 5th, 2008 in the UK, the film would go on to see a DVD release in the US the following year in October. I wasn't able to find any specific budget information or even opening weekend information, but the movie did have a worldwide gross of about $1.3 million. It has a runtime of one hour and 24 minutes and is directed by Tom Shankland. 
The cast is made up of Eva Berthersel as Elaine, Stephen Campbell as Jonah, Jeremy Sheffield as Robbie, Rachel Shelley as Chloe, and Hannah Twinton as Casey. So, the children. I I want to know, like, what possessed you to, like, be interested in this movie? Okay. Well, it was the cover art, if we're being honest, because okay. I, thought it, I thought I was seeing something else. I don't know. I, so, the cover art gives me the vibe of, like, black-eyed children breaking in or showing up to like a cabin and then I read it the like description it's like a family encounters like children turning on their parents on Christmas and I'm like okay like I feel like I'm sort of right and like black-eyed children the idea of them the lore behind them like terrify me and I was like say less (laughs) and then I turned this movie on and it was nothing like that there's no cabins there's no there's no black eyed children, only small, angry British children. Um, stand, like, honestly, we should label this episode fuck them kids because fuck them kids. Lots of standing at a, at a distance. Um, right. Just <laughs> angrily staring. <laughs> yes. It's like child, like children of the corn, but like more boring and oh. no corn. Replace the corn with snow. Oh. And okay. take away all entertaining value. And there you go. <laughs> okay, listen. I will admit with this movie, I watched it twice okay. uh, before the podcast. As usual with me, the first yeah. time I watched it, didn't care about it. I didn't like, I wasn't that intrigued by it. And I just think the aspect of scary kids wasn't like something I was super drawn to. That's just me personally. But Mm -hmm. in watching it the second time around, as per usual, uh, there was a lot more I noticed. There was a lot more uh, of like the directing that I really, like really enjoyed. Uh, And I was able to kind of pay more attention to the sound. Because usually the first time I watch a movie, my first instinct is just in case I don't have the opportunity of watching it more than once for the podcast. My first thing is like always focusing on the dialogue so I will be watching with subtitles and you know there are times where I'm watching with subtitles where sometimes I pay attention more to the dialogue and try to key on what they're saying sometimes Mm -hmm. I don't look at all of the visuals that I can be looking at which is why I try to watch it as many times as I can um just so I can take the time to like digest it and so the first time the things I like about it I wasn't really paying attention to too much I was paying attention more to the dialogue and how the characters were talking to each other which is probably the my least favorite part about the movie um and like my favorite parts are definitely like a lot of like the way the scenes are set up and the way the scenes are shot and um, a lot of the camera angles like they're really interesting and they're really quite unsettling but yeah I mean it's the characters for me honey they are just the worst I can't I don't like any of them but one can discuss that also oh my god I the way the fucking tagline in this movie sends me to the moon like it fucking (laughs) skyrockets me to the fucking sun for some reason it's you brought them into this world now they're gonna take you out I don't know why that makes me laugh like so aggressively on the inside but it fucking sends me just the fact (laughs) that they can take you out of this world is the funniest fucking thing to think of like this little four-year-old running around like stabbing at you scary for sure but so funny. Yeah. I just, they're four years old. I would like be punting these bitches. That's what, but I also say the same stuff about like Chucky. Right. So 
this is different though. These are real kids. You know what I'm saying? They're not dolls or anything. So, and you know them. Like I know it's tough for these individuals to like just full on. Yeah, because it's like your niece. <laughs> yeah, your younger sister or something. So like I get Honestly, it. Honestly, my brothers can catch these fucking hands. So <laughs> if it was my siblings, fat fucking bet. But my <laughs> my brothers can be like, what? Um. But my daughter, yeah. It'd be like tough. if my if my child was acting like this, I can talk a big game, but like I don't know if I can stab my kid. You know what I mean? Girl, I would probably girl. like full on walking dead my child and like break off her bottom jaw and just carry her around on a chain. You know what I mean? Work. Like she can't bite me. Work, okay, work. I love But that. like uh, she's loophole. still my baby. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a tough dilemma that these people have to go through. And I don't pity them at all because it's too tough. Like, I, I don't envy what they have to go through. Uh, okay, you know what? With this movie, first and foremost, this is the second film this month that we have started where there's just, like, wind noises going off in the background. So I don't know, <laughs> yeah. if, it's, I don't know if it's the winter theme, but we love wind during this time of the year. I think so. I think it's they're just trying to sell the vibe that it's cold outside. Very and that's bad. the only way that they know how to, like bring that to our ears other than someone being like oh it's cold bury that i also think that black christmas 2006 which we'll be talking about next week i'm pretty sure it also starts with like wind noises if i can recall or like one of the first things that we get is like a shot of the house with like the wind being aggressive so i get it it's winter time the wind is really scary because it's icy and cold but the second time this month that we started with that uh here though pretty much early on we do get a nice transition into some pretty creepy music i will say i love enjoy the entrance music i mean the film wastes no time in introducing us to our main cast uh we see a family of five driving to the relative's house for what they're calling like a second christmas it's pretty much in between christmas and new year's this movie is um but we do see them driving to their families for the holiday we have elaine her husband jonah their two children one is named miranda one is named Polly, and then we have Elaine's eldest daughter, who she had when she was much younger, who is named Casey. They're all hanging out and driving on over to their family's house. They're heading to Elaine's sister's house, Chloe. Uh, and we meet them pretty early on. We meet Chloe's husband, Robbie, and their two kids, Leah and Nikki. And yeah, right off the bat, let's just kind of talk about characters and who we like in this movie. So out of all the adults, who would you say maybe is your favorite if you have one? Um, <laughs> silence probably like our main dad he's the most tolerable um Jonah yes the oh. blonde's dad yes okay yeah or the blonde's husband I mean not his dad uh yeah well because the other one is a creep he's genuinely a fucking pedophile yeah he's creepy Mm-hmm. Um, the aunt is a bitch. Oh, I can't <laughs> I can't stand the aunt. Like the mom is a full blown, like a full-blown, like pussy ass bitch. Like, no, I really enjoy her. I think why? she's my favorite out of all of that. What's her re- redeeming quality? Please tell me. She's not the others. I mean, she, okay. She isn't a fucking creep hitting on his young niece. She isn't a dumb bitch who's jealous of her young niece. Okay, but she doesn't do anything. Yeah, but she also doesn't like believe the fucking children and knock the one person in the head who's trying to tell you 
what's going on just to fucking get them to shut up. Like Jonah's psychotic to me. Like he just Oh no, he is. He's for sure is. He's a fucking asshole. But Elaine is the most neutral ground. She doesn't do anything, but she also at the very end, not to just jump to the end, fucking hits a kid with the car. So I enjoy Elaine. (laughs) (laughs) I mean fair, but it takes her an entire movie to grow any type of balls. It does. And that's what bothers me the most is like children. That's the only reason I can excuse her. uh, Yeah. She's definitely like, I feel like she's probably like the most logical mom character. Like I can see that her brain is working like a mother. I get it. But like also there's kids that are dying. (laughs) True. They're not, there's kids that are not dying that are murderous and like something needs to be done. And like Jonah thinks he's doing the right thing in the moment so (laughs) i can give him that true and there's like a whole like in the middle of this movie like once start once shit starts to hit the fan really where chloe um elaine's sister she's like she's really adamant that it's casey who's doing the killing and although like i hate chloe and i can't stand her at all in this movie like i can't help but like understand where she's coming from because casey's kind of been around each one of the like deaths guilty by association type of thing yeah so i can definitely kind of see it and jonah and her don't have a good relationship him and casey don't so i can definitely understand why they would just jump to the conclusion that it is her and she's the one that's doing this especially because she has the attitude you know the typical this trip sucks this family sucks like the typical teenage attitude yeah so i understand them like just immediately assuming it's her but also like when the kids are just like so fucking weird the entire fucking trip and are coughing up weird Like, they didn't even have to be sick to be weird, though, is what, like, these children are already, like, even before they catch any type of virus, I'm ready to start, like, fighting. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) True. Honestly, I'm I'm prepared to, like, knock out kids 24-7. If I see any type of, but you know me, we always talk about this, like, I'm always, I'm always on the lookout. I'm always looking for the one thing that's going to put me into a horror movie scenario. Uh, so if I saw these kids acting really weird, I'd be like, hmm, we have an issue with the You're children. <laughs> we have an issue with these little guys. Um, how do we feel about Casey? I guess she's kind of, I would probably say like the main, one of the main characters here. Do we like her? No. Um, I mean, she's a typical teenager. It's fine. I just, I find the teenage angst annoying. And maybe that's because I am a mom. <laughs> uh-huh. Like, and just the, like, I get cope different coping mechanisms. I'm all for it. I understand. I did not have healthy ones when I was growing up. But getting a tattoo <laughs> of a fetus with a noose because you were a failed abortion, like there are better ways. I just, can we unpack that with therapy maybe instead of like physical permanent art <laughs> i don't know yeah. and i really it's it's strange but i do like the development that we see between casey and elaine her mom yeah because there really is a lot to unpack there and i mean they give us a lot which is why that we really waste no time in like being introduced to these characters because they really set up the dynamics of like you know the typical drama that happens in families so there's a lot of tension here like we definitely see that there's some tension between casey and her mom elaine um, Mm -hmm. obviously with the fetus tattoo and you know maybe feeling unloved 
Um, she also, Casey does not like her mom's new man, who she now has two children with. She doesn't like him too much, doesn't really consider him a father, as she likes to say. Um, so there's definitely some kind of drama going on there. Obviously, Robbie is creepy and like is always checking out Casey and is like a full on, again, pedophile. He's so creepy. You can drop the uncle, he says. But like literally five minutes into this movie, that's one of the first things that we hear. And I was like, what? Uh, literally one of her friends when she's talking to them later in the movie was like why don't you go fuck your horny uncle or something and i'm like why is that a suggestion <laughs> yeah when they when they say that i was like why like why is that a suggestion why is that go call the cops on your uncle like that should mm-hmm. be the suggestion but yeah it's you were one you were probably my closest friend and if you were to suggest that I would drive 12 hours and punch you in the face. Yeah, please Like, do. what do you, what? Like, I, I don't care, like, what variety of friend we are. Like, that's not a friend. Yeah, it's kind of gross. The whole situation is gross, but, ugh, I mean. So I was nervous, like, being introduced to his character. I was <laughs> right, very like, nervous. Uh, is there going to be some sexual assault here? Yeah, I was super nervous the entire time mm-hmm. he would like pop up on screen um but i teenage angst also isn't like my favorite um i definitely i i do like that they set up the dynamics and i honestly if i was her and i was in this situation with these people these adults specifically i could see myself acting like this i did act like this a whole bunch you know back during yeah, christmas like and stuff i said i get it <laughs> i get it so like i'm not completely like annoyed by her but i'm also kind of annoyed by her because now that as i grow older like i'm looking at her mom and her mom has like a moment with her sister in the kitchen where they're talking about their upbringing with their mom and i'm like you know you have to come from a place of empathy i mean the mother obviously and she seems like she's trying hard. I mean, I it, to me, it doesn't seem like she's ever neglectful of Casey, but we we haven't seen that. And clearly there's been some type of buildup to the point where Casey feels like there probably is some type of neglect. But like she also, you know, just you know, try to feel empathetic for your mom as well. It's not easy. So I don't know. I like their relationship pretty much and I enjoy them interacting with one another mm-hmm. um but they're probably like my favorite character moments of the movie. And although I didn't care for Casey in the first watch, um, in my second watch through, like, I really became a fan of her for some odd reason. But I think it's because she's the only one that takes any type of initiative to fucking fuck these kids up. So I can't help but, like, root for her. Because, like, I'll, it's not easy. I mean, it, it can't be easy killing kids. <laughs> like, it just can't <laughs> be easy. Like, I could, I, right. I can see myself having, like, so much trauma from, like, stabbing somebody coming at me and, like, with a machete. Yeah. To do that and also be killing kids is scary. Like, it's full yeah. blown, like it's horror through and through and so like kudos to her for doing it because I couldn't but when you know everybody else is getting knocked off one by one really option you know what other option they should really have so I I grew to like her a lot in watching these in watching this movie a few times yeah I maybe I should have said that I just don't like her attitude oh no despicable I can't stand it it's so like stereotypical just to make the teenager act like that yeah um but I feel like in this movie, it kind of works, especially as we do get to know the other adults. I can kind of maybe see why she's acting like so bitchy towards them because they really are so annoying. <laughs> like they really are <laughs> annoying. Every single one of them bugs the fuck out of me. Whenever the aunt is putting out like all those alcohol bottles, that's a lot of alcohol. A lot of alcohol, but kudos for recycling. I'm assuming that's what she's doing. Right. We're, we're proud of you, but like also maybe AA, maybe. 
Uh, <laughs> they were really getting buck wild in that kitchen though. there's only four adults and that's a fuck ton of alcohol okay don't act like you haven't been there not that much alcohol and i've been divorced that much i mean not by yourself at least between a few people with four people no no there's at least like eight bottles of wine there's a there's a lot more than eight bottles of wine there was there yeah girl <laughs> but <laughs> anyways the creepy uncle grabs his wife and is being a creep to his own wife um and he's like we should have a million more kids and she's like and look like my sister and i was like what a bitch <laughs> a bitch like it's just i don't know i don't enjoy her at all um let's kind of talk about the kids then shall we so from the beginning, like as soon as we meet everybody, Polly, the little boy, gets out of the car with his mom and everybody, and he's already throwing up. So we really don't ever learn what the fuck is happening with these children. Some type of virus. Yeah, some type of virus that causes them to act out in like crazy, murderous yeah. ways. But like right from the jump, he's throwing up. And he just looks like a little bitch. Like, just his face. He looks like he just asshole. looks like that. Uh, yeah. Or he's like the most whiny mama's boy. I just get that vibe that he's a crybaby, and I would just want to punt him, even <laughs> if he wasn't, if he wasn't murderous. And whenever later, whenever he is on top of the monkey bars, and keeps backing away from his mother, I would have pushed him off myself. I'm Mexican. You know what my family would have done in that moment? They would have said, you got yourself up there, get yourself down. Fine, figure it out. My family would have straight up yelled at me, like, why the fuck would you get yourself up there if you couldn't get yourself down? And, like, I feel like my mom would, like, go up to this the thing and be like, come here. Like, I will help you down. Right. But um, she's not chasing after me. And if she did step up some of those stairs and, like, tried to get me and i backed away she would start swinging oh yeah like i would have gotten my ass beat yeah for again for me it's literally you got yourself up there get yourself down and i would have been forced to get myself down because it's not hard <laughs> like looking back on it as a like as an adult if you're at the top of the monkey bars i know there's fear in the children like i, I was there before but it's not hard but i was in this exact position before as a kid bringing back trauma thanks movie but like <laughs> I've been in situations like this where I was like on a monkey bar or I was like at the top of like a jungle gym or like those, you know, those little slidey things that they have sometimes at the jungle gyms that you sit down on and you slide. Yeah, I would always get like stuck, quote unquote stuck. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm afraid I can't get down. And they would, do, it was always the same thing. Like you got yourself up there, get yourself down. There's something we can do for you. Um. So when he was up there like that, I was like, girl, not even crying. He was just there, just making some noises. Right. Uh, but out of all the kids, who do we think is the most sinister? Because I really can't stand that little Miranda bitch. That's the blonde one? The little blonde one. Yeah, she... Honestly, if she wouldn't have gotten taken out by a station wagon, I feel like... <laughs> I would have I unresolved. feel like she would have... Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> She's definitely the Silas of them all. Which is weird because Polly gets sick first, but like she, I don't know if it's because she's the oldest child, but like she immediately kind of takes like a I ring think she leader. was just a bitch in the first place. And <laughs> literally so rude to Casey, a very typical sibling nonsense, I guess. So like I can't act like she's like a fucking evil bitch, but like 
you know, sibling nonsense when she's like trying to write on Casey and be like, you know, she's grounded and she's drinking whiskey and like trying to get her in trouble. I hate that shit. I hate it when my cousins would do that. So yeah, she was annoying to me immediately. You know what? She reminds me of the kid from Dawn of the Dead in the very beginning. Opening oh, she does look like that little girl. And I think maybe that's why I don't like her. But like her attitude doesn't help. <laughs> For me, the reason I don't like her, she she cries the most. And she literally walks up to her mom. She's like, sorry, mommy, goodbye. And then, like, her dad carries her out. And I'm like, you little fucking bitch. Like. She's annoying. I really can't stand her. Uh, she's probably my least favorite out of these children. Um, the other three are just kind of there. Um, the little boy, little that little Nick boy forgot he existed for most of the movie until he got a until fucking he shows piece back of up. wood until yeah. he gets wood shoved into his throat by the door i forgot he was a thing so honestly i think he's my favorite kill aside from like the obvious car <laughs> oh, those those last two deaths are so gnarly oh, this movie is so bloody i was not expecting it yeah i love i love the aesthetic of snow bloody snow Mm-hmm. oh my god there is one specific shot that is so nice i'm pretty sure it's after i think it's after robbie's dead no i think it's after they push elaine off the monkey bars and she wakes up but there's a shot where there's blood like easing its way into the snow mm-hmm. so gorgeous and there's also a shot where the snow is covering up the blood that's left after they kill chloe out in the woods i yeah. also love that vibe i just love blood in snow it's so nice the contrast is delish we love color theory. We love the color theory, love. Um, oh no! <laughs> uh, but yeah, so pretty much once everybody shows up at this house, it's crazy. These kids are crazy. Everybody's crazy. We get a lot of discourse between the family members. It's just a lot of nonsense happening. Um, we do, of course, get a scene where we do see, like near the beginning, because Polly's acting weird from the beginning. Like he's has a fit. He slaps his dad in the face at one point when they're in the kitchen. And everybody kind of laughs it off and yata, yata, yata. And Jonah makes a joke about like how he likes it rough, like his mom or some stupid shit like oh my, that. Yeah. I remember being like, ma'am. Like it to me, it just is like, you are also desperate to seem cool. High school's over. Just stop it. And this is why when I would hang out with my aunts and uncles and stuff during the holidays and they would make like sexual jokes like this and stuff. I was always like, you are also fucking lame. So these adults give me that same vibe. It's just like, you're trying so hard to be cool. Like I hope when I'm like in my 40s, which isn't far away, it's not a long time away from now. I just hope I'm not so desperately trying to be funny. I we will because we'll be on this podcast. But. <laughs> I feel like already I'm like that when I talk to people who are like 18 Stop. years old. So I know us talking to Gory Corey, honestly, we're like, so what's the sitch with my like, sister? Even she's only six years older than I, and I'm like, how do I? Sometimes sound? Yvette talks about stuff, and I feel my hip dislocating uh-huh. uh, with every word. My back aches the more she speaks. I when I talk to her, I'm like, how do I not? sound like my mom (laughs) i hate when old people um not sexualize isn't the right word but i can't like whenever people are like oh he's a little heartbreaker or there's your little boyfriend or like i'm like please stop doing that to my child it is sexualizing Um, your children initially (laughs) like not to get into like that whole deep dive but like it's literally like forcing things onto your children i mean again like it's just constant like in like like, why force your kids to think these things? 
drives me fucking insane, dude. The straight's constant, like, oh, there's your little boyfriend. There's this, this, and this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we don't want to we don't want to press sexuality on our children and uh-huh. they no. don't need to be see these men or women kissing each other. And I'm like, you're literally pushing your agenda every fucking day. So like, Oh girl, what? A, a two year old boy picks up like a Barbie doll and immediately like they're screaming at him. God forbid you give him a kitchen, right? Right. So stupid. I hate it. Or here. a baby doll. God forbid he hold a baby doll before he holds his child when he's older. <laughs> ridiculous um i can't stand it uh but yeah anyways <laughs> not so tangents polly <laughs> is obviously infected and he slowly starts to infect the other children leah seems to get it first because she throws up some goo when they're all hanging out in the room together this goo is creepy i don't understand like i don't understand what it is it also causes like some type of hallucinations like sometimes we get we get some moments where the kids like will touch like a knife or they'll touch you know Casey's fetus tattoo and like they immediately see like evil images of like blood and murder so mm-hmm. I I wish I, I mean I'm not mad that we don't figure out what all this is but I do wish we maybe had a little bit more insight because it seems very crazy this goo does yeah what is his name the Casey's stepdad Jonah Jonah yeah, Jonah literally is like, um, I mean, viruses happen all the time. He's probably fine. And like, I get it. But like, also, after the second child is infected and which is going on, you need to click that this isn't just a fucking stomach ache. <laughs> right. I mean, if there wasn't any more of a clear example as to why we're still in a pandemic, I mean, it's this right. girl. They just don't care when they should. But I mean, Elaine does make the point later on when Chloe's upset that they did bring Polly when he was sick. And also, I mean, they do make that point. So I don't know if he was sick before they even brought him on the strip. Like, I don't understand. We don't, again, get too much information there. Uh, but she's upset that she does, uh, that he did, or that Elaine did bring Polly to the house when he was sick. And, you know, Elaine tries to make the point of like, oh, with her kids, you know, that's just how it is. They just get sick all the time. Which, I mean, mm-hmm. isn't incorrect. Kids get sick right. constantly. My mom's a teacher, so I constantly hear about kids being sick left and right. So, like, it's not incorrect but you can still take initiative to like not put them in a position where they're exposing them to people again if we if living in a pandemic hasn't taught us anything i don't know what else to tell you right but there are steps that you can do to like try to prevent other people from getting sick um but yeah he's sick right away the other kids get sick pretty quickly um but the next morning after all of this we do see other kids hanging out in the tent um there's goo on the floor of the tent already so they're fully hotboxing this thing with goo uh but we also see miranda trying to close off like the open parts in this like she's trying to like keep everybody else from seeing on the outside what's going on in the inside um so it's very interesting right but during all this we do see the kids kind of plan out like their first attack i guess you can say because they push an empty sled down the Done like the mountain, I guess, or they heal or whatever to hit Chloe in the back of the knees and cause her to spill hot tea or hot cocoa <laughs> or something all over Jonah. And right. it's hilarious. We get a moment of discipline where Jonah goes up and spanks Polly and Robbie, the pedophile, decides to speak up on how to parent other people's children. It's like, we don't hit kids around here. I'm like, okay, y'all. Mind like, your fucking business. Yeah. Maybe you shouldn't want to try to touch my teenage daughter either, sir, with your awful haircut. <laughs> I had a lady tell me in a Walmart bathroom not to spank Lita. And I was not good at speaking up to other people at that point in my life. But at 
like in my head i was like bitch i will spank you too like mind your fucking business she is not your child i mean this kid threw a shed at or an empty sled at somebody like right and again like the discussion on like disciplining children is not something that i'm gonna get into oh yeah there's that's a big discourse for sure yeah but um mind your own children as long as there's not physical like genuine abuse it's not your business <laughs> so and that's probably why you have an asshole for a child mm-hmm. or what i don't know he's pathetic but we get all this and it's very funny to me um so yeah kind of after all this though we do get a weird scene with casey and her uncle we do learn that this is where she, we learn that she does have her small tattoo on her stomach um, Chloe catches them out in this little like shed greenhouse thing that they have going on there because they're smoking together and Chloe like immediately is upset with Casey like instead of being upset with her disgusting husband like she clearly has like an issue with Casey for whatever reason because that's just how she's thinking through this I guess to help cope with her husband being a fucking sicko I feel like he's cheated on her before and she doesn't trust any female about it <laughs> But that's the problem, and this is where bitches piss me off. That's where the problem comes into play. It's not It's not the others. It's your man. Figure out what's going mm-hmm. on with your man. Figure that out. Right. right. Don't text your husband's ex-wife asking if he's a cheater. <laughs> <laughs> but that's really what it is. And so, like, because a lady even asks her, I think, maybe a little bit before this, where she's, like, asking about Robbie. She's like, so is he, like, is he like away often now? And she's like, yeah, he'll be gone every now and then. And it's like, where is he staying? <laughs> right. So clearly there's been some type of issues between them. Right. Um, so she decides to take it out on Casey, as anybody would. Because after that, they're all at dinner. The kids are being a little bit reckless. Uh, Leah at one point tries to grab a knife and then they take it out of her hands. So that made me laugh. Uh, but while everybody's kind of having this discourse at dinner about, quite honestly, the adults are constantly talking about like business ventures and stuff. And I have no interest in what they're saying. I just don't care. Uh, I know Jonah's like learning Chinese Mandarin or teaching his daughter Chinese Mandarin. And it comes back with what he's trying to do for work. And he's trying to get Robbie interested in it. It doesn't interest me at all. But they're having a discussion about this. And there seems to be turmoil between them. I don't know. I don't care. Uh, But Chloe at this point decides to point out Casey's tattoo, which is like so annoying. Like, if you're a good sister, or a good aunt. Like, why not go in private and, like, not make it so dramatic? But, again, Chloe's annoying bitch. Can't stand her, so. Snitches get stitches. That's all I'm going to say. Well, she has it coming for her eventually. <laughs> uh, but after this, do all hell breaks loose, really, because Chloe starts, like, coughing. Or not Chloe. Uh, Miranda starts coughing and acting sick. The other kids try to act sick. <laughs> and it just gets pretty crazy because then Miranda scratches at Chloe's face and, like, just starts screaming. And I think Obviously, this is all planned by the children because right after this is where they kill off Robbie. So Miranda decides to cry and scratch and get put away in a timeout kind of thing and have Jonah be with her. So they go to a different room and Mm -hmm. with the scratch on Chloe's face, Elaine's helping her out. So all the other kids get to go outside with Robbie and Casey. Casey decides to go and sneak away because this entire time she's talking to her friend to sneak away. (laughs) She's straight up running away in the middle of this family Christmas. Like she's, I don't know what kind of party's going on in the middle of the day, um, but she's going. She <laughs> she's is desperate to get out of here. Right. And quite honestly, I don't blame I her. Get there, it. There's a scene at the very <laughs> beginning when they first get to the house and she's like standing in the hallway, and literally all four of the kids are like running around her and like screaming and laughing. 
Like, if that was me, girl, I would also be trying to get away to go fucking smoke some pot and smoke and drink some beer with my friends. I surely yeah. would. I surely would. But she does. She ditches them right away so the kids could orchestrate Robbie's death. <laughs> <laughs> so they're playing with him. Little Leo's distracting him at the top of the hill. Uh, little Nikki's at the bottom with his little wagon. Uh, they have like a garden tool in there. And so Polly and Leah are at the top with him. They get Robbie on the sled and, you know, he goes down. And as he's going down, little Nikki stands in front of him with the wagon. And so it cuts away, but he pretty much hits this garden tool head first and it gashes him open so bad. And I was. Like, this is, like, the first instance of gore that we get in this movie from this point yeah. forward. And I was fucking gagged. Like, I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. Like, I was not expecting this. Whenever they, because they do the shot, which is honestly a really good shot. Um, they go from the kids, and then they go to the sled that's sliding, and it shows the tool. Mm-hmm. And just, like, the zoom in on the tool, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, that makes me uneasy. Mm-hmm. But it's so it's so gnarly, and like it's a piece of his skin's like flapping on his head. Almost. Ugh, it's gross. Yeah. It's so gross. It's, like, but it's so good. So good. I was not expecting it. Yeah, I was expecting like bare minimum from this movie. I was expecting for the kids to be standing in the distance for like the next forty minutes at this point, <laughs> and then this like shit flying flies out of the snow out of nowhere and kills yeah, them. I thought it was gonna yeah. be like the blob and this goo was just gonna start like, eating <laughs> away, and I was like, I'm bored. But when this happened, I was like, Oh, okay. So these kids are serious. Like they're out here killing people. I was like, Okay, okay. And so like my interest was completely peaked by this point. I mean, at this point, it's also a little bit more than halfway through the movie. So it took a lot to get here. It really did. But at this point, everything kind of gets wild. So obviously after this happens, Casey runs back because she hears everybody screaming. Um, Everybody's full-blown planet, or everybody's full-blown panic mode at this point. Uh, And it's crazy. So they're freaking out. The kids, well, Nikki and Leah, I think they run off into the woods. And Polly. They all fucking run off into the woods after this. Again, everybody's panicking. They're trying to get, like, emergency first responders to the scene. It's a lot. And as the adults are waiting for help to come, uh, more nonsense happens. Casey confesses to her mom, whether out in the woods looking for the kids, that she was, like, running away. <laughs> and so Elaine's like, okay, well, then you look for the kids by yourself. And yada, yada I'm going to go back and plan to take care of my sister. So she leaves her out in the woods by herself. Um, and as the other adults are inside, Lane does notice that Robbie's dead body was dragged and taken away. So she goes yeah. outside and she notices that it's been dragged to the tent. And I love this shot so much when she walks outside and like it just like it's a aerial shot the entire time. And it's just like the blood in the snow, which again, color contrast, it's gorgeous. And it just slowly like follows the trail of the blood as she follows it and like just seeing it like turn into the tent mm-hmm. it's so creepy yeah i don't it feels like the pan effect in that instance almost feels like when your stomach drops if that makes mm. any sense whatsoever okay i like that i like that because it just feels like you're, you're not really sure what happened and then you get the like oh shit you know what i mean yeah it's it's pretty I think it's really effective, honestly. Like, this movie is uh, questionable in, like, plot. Uh-huh. But, like, the what plot they do have is executed beautifully. Like, fit, like, I was. Does that make yeah. sense? No, I agree. Because we don't, plot-wise, 
Not a lot is happening. We have some family turmoil and we literally have no idea what's happening. We don't know what's happening with these kids. We never learn what's happening with these kids. We don't get a lot. All we do get are scenes with these kids killing people and scenes of these kids dying. And those Mm -hmm. scenes enough feel impactful enough to make me like really enjoy this movie, even on, or even with everything else kind of surrounding it being kind of mm, not like amazing and the characters aren't fun to hang out with or anything. It's all built up really well, I feel like. And by this point, when all this craziness starts happening, like I'm invested enough to be like really intrigued and like really tense while watching everything that happens from this point forward um so they do a good job of setting everything up again like like you said so i love it and this shot was gorgeous and before she can get inside the tent to see what's going on that's when polly's at the top of the monkey bars we talked about this scene uh so when she's trying to reach for him one of the little kids i'm assuming leah and this little bitch leah is all over this fucking place i don't know she is teleporting teleporting. (laughs) (laughs) she is teleporting everywhere because like She's in the woods. The goo Casey's- is transferring her <laughs> throughout through the snow. It's like a it's a demodog. Um, uh, <laughs> it's a, the upside down girl. She has portals all over this property. Just fully transports herself through the snow. Like fully Jason Voorhees, Michael Myers <laughs> ass. She is like a killing icon because she's any of those behind the scenes, girl. <laughs> she breaks her legs and just <laughs> Runs back, runs back to the woods to like stand with a knife and like stab at something that's very Casey. <laughs> She's out of breath, just standing in the woods. Uh huh. To rush back to then attack her mom in the tent, to then run back out to the woods where her mom can't find her, to then kill her mom. She is literally, this little girl is murdering everybody. She's doing the legwork, if we're being honest. Little Leah <laughs> is the demon. And she's the one that they don't kill. Yeah. Miranda's the orchestrator for sure, but Leah's the one that's literally doing everything. She's directing his little boys what to do. Nick doesn't exist at all to me in this movie, and Polly just stares a whole bunch. So little mm-hmm. Leah is putting in work. Yeah. She reminds me of the orphan. Mm, the dark hair, I'm sure. That, but like, it's kind of like they have an innocent face, but at the same time, there's just like a little tinge of something behind their eyes. I think that's the vibe that they both give. But it looks like it's her. We're only to assume it's her, but we do see uh, Elaine get pushed and her fucking bone break out of her leg. Um, So gross. But Casey's able to come back from the woods after seeing Leah attacking something in the woods. So again, maybe it was Nick that pushed Elaine. I have no idea. Uh, But she runs back. She gets her mom. She rushes her into this, uh, to the like the greenhouse shed thing that they have going on. The other adults are still in the house at this point because Miranda's also in there just crying the entire time to distract (laughs) them. Literally just crying the entire time. She's legitimately annoying. Um, But Casey and uh, Elaine go into the little shed and like they're panicking. Casey's like, these kids are fucking wild. It's fuck them kids. 2021. Like they got, oh, 2008. Um, but then they start throwing rocks at the shed. So like they start panicking and freaking out. Polly comes in and Casey takes it upon herself to like throw like a bookshelf or something on top of him. Yeah. She does not give him any chance. He comes in that fucking building and she's like, (laughs) just, and then like, honestly, kudos to her for having the like. The balls to do this. Who's killing kids? (laughs) Casey's killing kids. So just the mental like agility like to be like oh i'm gonna do this right now because like as much shit as we talk on the podcast i don't think i'm smart enough in the moment 
to do these things. Like I can have a plan all day, but executing it and like being like fast on my feet brain wise, not there. Same. Also completely agree. I don't think I could do it. And if you throw in evil murderous kids into the mix, it's going to be really hard for me to like <laughs> just start taking them out. Regardless if it's fuck them kids for us 24 seven. Like I, I can't see myself doing that. 24 seven. Me with the kid. <laughs> uh, but again, kudos to her. And at the end of the movie, I love the end shot of her too. Cause clearly at the end, we see how much it's taken out on her. Uh, but she does. She doesn't take any time to just throw a fucking bookshelf on top of Polly. <laughs> uh, but while this is happening and they're screaming and freaking out, Chloe runs outside and runs to the tent and she finds Leah in there, again, zooming around this place. Uh, but <laughs> Leah's in there with Robbie's dead body. And so Chloe's like, what's happening? And she looks and they cut open his stomach and put a fucking baby doll in the middle of his stomach. It is so gnarly. Again, so much mm-hmm. blood and just gore. And it's really gross. Again, very well executed though it looks good it does look so good it looks so good and then the kids are attacking her inside the tent she's panicking so elaine kneels at casey to go help her casey saves her and when she saves her and comes in the tent to get her out of it chloe just takes us as she was attacking me so they run to the house and chloe locks herself or locks casey out of the house and is like you're fucking crazy bitch and whatnot so that's where we leave off with that so casey again being a badass then takes it upon herself to run right back to the fucking greenhouse shed thing that we have going on because polly's about to fucking murder his mom and she again just takes the fucking knocking this kid out but she does get stuck underneath the shelf at this point as well and as polly's now approaching her to stab her elaine like reaches at polly pulls him back and that causes him to fall back on some broken glass and become stabbed in the back um pretty crazy this is the first death that we see of a kid and it was pretty they did it really well like, it's it straight really, up impaled <laughs> straight up impaled by some broken glass and they do a good job at setting it up it feels like a very big deal because even if they're the ones doing the killing it's still again always so crazy to watch a kid die on screen so and it, it feels accidental um, yes in the moment and that like i I mean, I've obviously never killed a child, but I have made mistakes where in the moment it was very like passionate feel, passion fueled, I guess, or like, and then you look back and you're like, oh, fuck, like, I genuinely did not mean to hurt this person. (laughs) So I, I get the way that like you see the mom like completely break down because obviously her child is dead and it's her fault if like ignoring all outside, like, technically speaking. She pushed him, she pulled him back and caused him to fall into the glass. So technically speaking, sure. And so like I, I understand her emotion and like that would really fucking suck. But it's a good kill. <laughs> it is. And it's so satisfying to see one of these kids die finally, mm-hmm. to be quite Fuck honest. Them kids. <laughs> Fuck them kids. Uh the next scene though, we do see Chloe continuing her brigade of being a dumb bitch. And she's telling Elaine. <laughs> oh my God. You killed your baby. Even mom wouldn't kill her baby. And she doesn't do with all that, but like that's the energy I get. That's the I vibe. Can't for stand sure. her. I hate her. Um, but as Casey is now trying to stop Chloe from being again a dumb bitch, she's continuing her brigade of being a dumb bitch. Chloe's deciding to run off into the woods to try to find her children, which I mean, I get it. She doesn't in her head think that they're murderous, crazy killing machines. But as she's trying to get out of the house, Casey is, of course, you know, trying to stop her from going out there and getting herself murdered. And Jonah decides to take it upon himself to grab Casey and just fucking toss her like trash 
onto the couch and I'm like, you are a knob as they call him later. I mean, at least that time he throws on the couch because later he straight up takes her out with a b- Bluetooth speaker. <laughs> yeah, with the speaker. I was like, girl, you are stupid. Um, but they do leave the house. Jonah and Chloe run up to go find the kids. We do get a really sweet moment with, uh, again, I really like their interactions with one another because I like the dynamic of her having Casey really young. So there's just a lot of dynamic between them. It's, to me, like a really interesting relationship and I think they do so well I think the actress uh I think the actress really killed the role as mother daughter here and it's great and it's so sweet and like Casey's trying to talk to her mom because again she just killed her son (laughs) so she's like trying to get through that mentally but you know Casey's like you know I'm still your daughter I'm still here um she has her little nickname mouse which is so cute um she's like you know it's still me it's still mouse like he might have been a little crazy person but I'm still here and so it's really cute and it's really genuine and I really enjoyed their relationship to be honest but back in the woods, Jonah and Leah are still looking for the other kids. They find, like, Leah's, like, beanie, I guess. And so Chloe, full breakdown, starts screaming and yelling at Jonah. She's like, it's Casey. How do you not say it's Casey? You need to go back to the house and fucking do something. And, like, she pushes him. And I'm like, why don't you go back to the house and do something? Why don't you step up and you do something, Chloe? Hmm? Because in all technicalities, like... She's not my, she's my stepkid. She's your blood. So if you want to get down to the nitty and gritty of it, <laughs> why is she putting it off on Jonah? Yeah, because she's stupid. She's a dumb bitch. Again, a dumb bitch. So she, he, Jonah leaves and she decides to just sit in the woods. <laughs> like she sits in the woods. And we can honestly just cut to her dying because while she's out here crying in the woods, you know, her kids come up to her and they start hugging her and yata yata yata. And the little Nick boy starts ripping on her earring. Ugh, so gross. Rips it out. And then little Leah decides to take, I don't know what it is, like a pin? Like Something. A pin maybe? Something, I don't know. But then she shoves it in her eye and they kill her off screen beyond after that. So... And then we cut to like the little blonde bitch stabbing something into something else. So I'm starting, is there like a voodoo doll type shit? Like is the blonde controlling them? They don't give us like any answers. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I really want to know like really what is going on with all this stuff. Cause it like, yeah, like there's like, that's happening at the same time. Cause back at the house while Jonah's out here running around and whatnot uh, with Chloe, Casey's trying to find the phone to try to call for help and that's when Miranda is like creepy standing by the mom who's on the couch because she's you know not only with a bone out of her leg she's also just killed her son so she's a little traumatized um and so Casey grabs Miranda and is like we're gonna find the phone and so Miranda like runs upstairs and Casey follows her upstairs and she's like meowing like a cat with this phone in her hand because she's took it and it's like stabbing at things and so Casey takes it upon herself at this point to just start choking this little girl out so by the time Jonah gets back to the house that's when he sees Casey choking her he hits her with a speaker and it breaks my heart because she tries to call him dad in this moment she's like dad like what the fuck are you doing and like he doesn't care at this point and he runs off with miranda he throws elaine into the living room and says you deserve it or something stupid like that like an asshole and like runs off with the little girl and like they just drive out of the movie well not out of the movie but they drive away from the scene of what's happening and we pretty much get to the end after this after chloe's dead leah and nikki come back to the house uh chloe's been locked in or uh, casey's been locked in the upstairs room so elaine's like you know hobbling around this house uh she gets to the door where casey's at and like they're crying and having a moment and casey's like pretty much fuck them kids if you see them but those little kids start walking into the house slowly but surely making their way towards elaine and elaine can't do anything she can't kill them it's a little annoying but 
I mean, I guess I understand, but when they also lift up my shirt and put like a weird like little cross on me and like are coming to my stomach with a blade, at that point I don't have time to waste. But she's still here. And as we're about you to have kill her. Two arms and a leg, girl. Like right. Like I understand that your leg is broken. Like, but you can do something. Yeah, and these kids are literally standing on stairs. Just push them. Just a little nudge. They weigh probably 20 pounds. Just a little finger tap. And they would be rickety, rickety down these stairs, girl. Broken and many many bones broken. Uh, So, like, that's all it takes. But, you know, I guess whatever. But Casey doesn't stand for it. She fucking bursts through the door, grabs little Nikki by his head. (laughs) Full shining bursts through the fucking door <laughs> grabs little nikki by his fucking this is his third scene probably in this movie but grabs him by the head and shoves him straight into a piece of broken wood and just fucking impales him with this piece of wood <laughs> and it's uh, it's a it's a it's it's gnarly i was mm-hmm. probably most gagged by this death well i guess besides miranda getting hit with the car in a bit but this one was really like visceral almost i was like oh wow i like we really saw this kid <laughs> oh wow <laughs> we really saw this kid just get fucking impaled with a piece of wood so that's that's crazy. how i felt every time a child was killed it was like oh my lord like oh okay we're clutching my there. pearls uh uh-huh, but i love it and i'm so proud of her and then leah runs off downstairs and before casey can fucking stab this little bitch in the face they elaine's like no don't, don't do, it. do it and so they leave and so we never see leah again they just leave her at the house maybe yeah. again. <laughs> like is she just gonna be like a murderous little bitch in the woods i don't know oh she fully the... turns into annie from misery oh love that is that. her down that's her in the middle of the okay. woods that's with canon. Snow. yeah canon that's who she is that's who she turns <laughs> into uh but they do leave and as they're driving away in the little station wagon they see jonah's car stop um casey gets out to go investigate because again elaine has one leg at this point um and she sees jonah's dead body and as she's there like crying i guess little miranda starts running at her like ready to murder her and elaine again <laughs> puts the pedal to the metal baby and just fucking <laughs> hits miranda in the most funniest little thing i've ever seen and throws her into the other vehicle and like just a shot of miranda hitting the car the back window yeah. of the other car <laughs> <laughs> And then sliding down with blood just on the back mm-hmm. of her head is so, so satisfying. I loved it. Yeah, I rewound. I'm not going to lie. I rewound it a couple of times. Oh, same. I was like loving it. I loved it. It made me laugh. It made me cheer. I was still shocked that we just saw a little kid get hit with the car. Um, <laughs> like I said, again, every time y'all. Every time. But it's like so satisfying because um, they're evil. And yeah, after this, we see a whole bunch of little kids just in the woods, like staring. One of them looks like Polly. So I don't know if they just threw him out there just to just have an extra body on screen. But we see a whole bunch of little kids sitting in the woods. Elaine and Casey are freaking out. And then they, they pretty much just drive off. And the last shot that we get is, of course, a slow pan onto Casey's crazed eyes because she's been through so much. And the movie ends. And I really enjoy this movie. Did you take that crazed look as like her starting to transition into like one of the murderous little kids? Or did you take it as her being like, holy fuck, I just witnessed my entire family get murdered? That's what I took it as. I definitely took it as, um, you know, that traditional nod to like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm. Um, And, you know, where it's just like the final girl initially at the end of the movie and like we're just kind of getting a visceral reaction from her of like what's just happened. Um, Cause in the moment when you're like fight or flight is like at an all time high, like sometimes you don't really know what's happening. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So like, it's nice to have. 
You have to like sit back and process. It's nice to have that processing moment. So that's what I took it as. I just took it as, you know, the traditional trope of like the ending to a horror movie, um, which I thoroughly enjoyed. But I mean, maybe, maybe it could be, I mean, I don't think there is a sequel to this movie. I don't think we ever got that. So I don't think. I doubt it. But I did, the first time that I watched it, I st- I kind of wondered if maybe that's what they were handing it at. But she was like touching the goo and stuff like earlier too, because she, she fell slid back in, in it. it. Yeah. Yeah. So like, maybe it just affects children. I would be my assumption, I guess, but. But like, what constitutes you as a child in the viruses eyes? <laughs> you know what I mean? These are questions that the writers said we will not this answer. This is the Comic Con <laughs> table reading that I need to sit these creators down. Yeah, you know that had to be a question. Like, okay, we're calling the movie The Children. There's only a virus that only texts kids. And you know, the first questions they have is like, oh, well, you know. Is it 18 and younger? Right. 15 what's, and younger? What's the age demographic? 13. Because technically, Casey can be looked at as a kid in most people's eyes. Like, she's, right. we don't really get an idea of what her age is. Anything under 18. She has to be at least under 18. She has yeah. to be, to my idea, 16, 17, maybe. Yeah, that's what I always picture, these little bullshit bitches. Teenagers, as. yeah. So, like, what does constitute a child in this regard? What is this weird? Is it cult? Is it, like, what's happening? We don't know. They do, like, make a little bit of a joke about cults earlier in the movie. Yeah. So, in my head, I was like, is it a cult of children? Like, is this what's happening? But, again, we just don't get it. They are a... What's it called whenever like a church branches off? They're a branch off of the children of the corn <laughs> and they're the children of the woods and the, snow. Of the snow. And yeah. I'm sure there's like an older Silas somewhere out there in the woods, just leading them all. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's the children, everybody. I had a good time with this movie, like wholeheartedly like i was not expecting much from this movie i went into it completely blind did not watch a trailer did not read a synopsis did not look into anything of it didn't touch the imdb i just went straight into tubi to watch it wow you just raw dogged this movie raw dogged the fuck out of this movie i just knew i obviously just by the title who are you evil kids would be my assumption and i got that and i i don't know i think really the saving grace was the gore and like the kills and like just how intense everything got like past the midway point because really honestly up until that point i just didn't care it felt like some typical you know degrassi ass fucking gossip girl ass (laughs) gossip girl ass riverdale ass fucking cw ass the wb ass dialogue like i just was not feeling it Mm-hmm. Um, but once all that shit happened, I was like, oh, this is cool. So when I went back and watched it a second time, knowing what is to come, like I paid a little bit more attention. I, you know, enjoyed the dialogue a little bit more, enjoyed the characters a little bit more because I knew they were going to get it and die. So it's nice to watch them, you know, suffer a little bit later on. Um, so I just, again, it's one of those movies where I wasn't expecting a lot and it came away packing a punch and I really enjoy it. And I might even see myself recommending this to people. Yeah. Uh, I would recommend it to somebody. Uh, It doesn't sit very high on my rating scale, Um, but I think it's very pretty. I think the kills are nice. I think the effects, um, like the blood and the stomach and all of that, I think all of that's really well done. It doesn't look cheesy to me. 
um, which I kind of expected from like the high school theater vibes we get in the beginning where everybody's at first interacting with each other. Um, I, I really enjoy it. Me too. And also again, like with the dialogue and like the way the adults interact with each other and stuff, like they're all annoying, but I will say, you know, as again, watching it a few times, like kudos to the acting, like they're all believably annoying um and when stuff really does start to hit the fan like the terror and the shock and like just like the full like disbelief that everybody puts into their performances really hits home like I don't think this movie would have succeeded as much as it did if it wasn't for I mean obviously um some of the direction and like some of the great angles and like visuals that we get but also like the acting like they really do believably seem distraught the entire time and Again, like, I don't think this movie would have succeeded if they were just, like, you know, people who weren't doing as well with what the role is, like, asking of them. So kudos to everybody in this movie. Like, I really honestly enjoyed Elaine and Casey a whole bunch in this movie. So, like, they're my MVPs in terms of, like, acting and, like, stealing the show, I would say. Um, So I enjoyed it. What would you rate this movie? Out of five, five what? What are we going to do? Fucking Demodog teleports. (laughs) Tense. We can do tense. What would you rate this movie out of? five child tents <laughs> child tents <laughs> we should start planning these before we come into the podcast i'm trying to think of something better than me snowballs that's um, lame uh how many fuck them kids <laughs> <laughs> how many i don't know five out of five what would you give this uh i'd say she's about a three three a solid yeah. three yeah She's tolerable. I think I think it's enjoyable. It's fun. Ish, whatever. Um, I am leaning towards a three and a half. I think I'll give this movie out of five. Um, okay. Really good. Um, really interesting. Uh, or it's a really good time. It was uh, very surprising to me. And again, like the kills and the gore and like the shock factor of like the last 40 minutes are super high. And it really helps push this over the three star mark for me. Mm-hmm. And I have a good time with it. She's simple. She's enjoyable. She leaves a lot of questions. <laughs> a lot of questions for sure. What, mm-hmm. I, really fast before we go. So this is after Christmas. So uh, like, do we, I miss, it's okay to call this Christmas horror. I would assume so. Right. Yeah. I'm done. <laughs> Pretty much anything involving snow for me, like, is okay for Christmas. Right. Which is also why I make sure that we use holiday horror, because it's definitely holiday horror vibes. It's not like Christmas, right. because they talk about New Year's a lot, too, so it definitely gives me, like, that holiday vibe. Um, it's yeah. really in that, like, dead zone between Christmas and New Year's, where, like, time doesn't feel real. <laughs> Next week, we are discussing, everybody, Black Christmas 2006. That's going to be a wild ride, like a wild ride. So be prepared for that. And yeah, Stormy, where can everybody find us? You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at the same handle at slash underscore her underscore pod. You can find us on pretty much every streaming platform, including Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Podbean and Spotify. You can email us at slash her pod at gmail.com. You can catch these hands if you're one of these little bitches. (laughs) And (laughs) it's Fuck Them Kids All 2021. Stay spooky, guys. Stay spooky, everybody. Bye. Bye.